Blog Talk Radio. Should we should we do a countdown every uh, week? Episode one, episode two, episode three, and let's see if we could get uh, to uh, episode fifty-two. Anyway, welcome to the Balafonics. I'm Mark Lewis, President Day, the one place where you can find some sanity in the world today. We got Wild Card Weekend. That's right, in the NFL and NFL college football championships, Ohio State Buckeyes and the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide matchup uh, down in Miami. We'll be talking with Rick Riggin, our college football extraordinaire uh, and part of our college football team to break that game down, as well as Adam Jividen, both standing by in the balanced green room, or maybe it's the avocado room. I don't know. It's a wild weekend, and we'll see what what happens uh, this weekend. A lot to talk about, and also some uh, other college uh, news uh, uh, talking about and how it relates to Notre Dame and Ohio State as well. There's some changes going on there. Uh, well, changes or changer, I don't know. My name is Saul Mark with 917-889-8516. Also uh, coming up today is Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast joins us to help us continue to break down this wild car weekend and championship weekend. Um, Matt Hicks will be joining us here in the next half hour to be breaking down the Colts and the Bills. It, well, it doesn't look like there's going to be a blizzard there, so there's that. And then Ed Kratz uh, it will be joining us as well at the end of the show. Beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, the uh, NSI.com and our official, our official uh, NFL contributor. 917-889-8516 is our digit. Stick around. It's about to get good. Right now. I just need you to get real loose, get comfortable, grab your loved ones, or grab your love partner, and if you're by yourself, no worries, just follow after me. Gonna do the two-step in cowboy. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition, 
to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Contributor uh, and extraordinaire and all-around great bourbon drinking guy Rick Riggin, also Adam Jimenez, Super Browns fan and Super Buckeyes fan. So a lot to talk uh, with Adam about today. Adam, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you? Oh, fantastic! Hey, Rick. Riggin, how are you doing, sir? I was just looking at the chart for last night's lunar cycle, and we were supposed to have just only 17% illumination of the moon, but it was full. It was a full moon last night? Yes, it was. Well, that explains, <laughs> that explains a lot. We had another, we had another I'm still moon. reeling from it. Um, I'm still reeling from it. I can't figure it out. We had a, we had another uh, 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 virtual cocktail party last night, Adam. We're gonna have to invite you on on the next one. It get it was me, Rick, and 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 Ed last night, and our our producer Melissa. So it was good times. Ed, for the first time, we'll we'll, we'll uh, talk with him a little bit about it. For the first time, he tasted some moonshine. Adam, I know you're not a drinker, but have you ever had any moonshine? No. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm I'm waiting on my my new uh, coffee, the um, uh, black black rifle. black rifle coffee. I'm really excited about that, and and uh, we're actually going to be talking with them about having them on the show. They do a lot of good stuff for the veterans. And I had forgotten, Adam, that you don't drink coffee, but I understand why you don't. So, 
you can you can, you can still buy some just to support the veterans. <laughs> so let's get into this, guys. Let's start uh, real quickly here uh, before we move on over to the the championship game. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about some big news coming out of college football and and uh, and uh, Notre Dame. Uh, so what we do know is that um, well when I can when I can when I can find my page here. Uh, but what we do know is that. The we know something. I don't know why I had a brain fart. I, I'm, I'm probably still dealing with the effects from the moonshine last night. Mark Cleveland yeah. is signed as the offensive coordinator for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Obviously, uh, Adam, you know a little something about Marcus Freedom, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that. And, and Adam will give you props. I think you called that uh, a few weeks ago. I I did. I called uh, I called Marcus headed to to South Bend. Pretty much as soon as Clark Lee, uh, as soon as Clark Lee left, uh, there's a, there's a lot of talk in Ohio that uh, that Marcus, he, he was destined for a bigger job. He was defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Um, there with fellow Buckeye, Luke Fickle, and um, you know he's maintained an elite defense the last couple of years. And I think it was just it was really obvious to pretty much everybody that there was going to be a bigger job come a calling. And as soon as Clark Lee took the Vandy job, which, I mean, I get that Clark Lee went back to his alma mater, but, like, Vandy might be one of, one of, if not the worst job in all of Power Five. Uh, That's right. Terrible. And still have, like, SEC expectations because they're idiots. Uh, they're, they're, the, they're, they're one of those, like, really smart but stupid schools that, like, know your lane. Like, if you win five <laughs> games, six games, you're going to, like, raise a banner for them. Um but uh, Marcus Freeman is a monster. Uh, he was an extremely cerebral outside linebacker for Ohio State, a three-year starter, and basically knew his, his future was, was in coaching almost from the get-go. Uh, he, he was in the NFL for – had a cup of coffee in the NFL and then, and then pretty much immediately went into coaching. He started out. And just worked his way up. Started out working out, working as like a, a graduate assistant, and then linebackers, um, obviously, and then worked his way up to defensive coordinator. And, and he's a good one. Uh, he was. There was a lot of people. I will tell you this: there's a lot of people right now that are kind of upset in Columbus that that we brought back Kerry Combs last year and that we didn't bring over Marcus Freeman. Um, but we'll see how we'll see how Kerry Kerry has gotten better calling plays and. And also not having some of the personnel um, that he would usually have to run the system that they want to have. Um, we had some some injuries and uh, some players that we had to dismiss from the team um, that have affected the secondary. Um, the secondary is a little thin this year. Um, and even then, we still made the national championship. So uh, Marcus Freeman, though, is a future star. He's the kind of guy that if you look at – Notre Dame's coordinators, they will now be young and aggressive. That's the thing about, about uh, Marcus Freeman is he calls aggressive defenses. Uh, Cincinnati was undefeated this year until the Georgia game because their defense just attacked yeah, relentlessly, right. and that's where he came from. So, uh, 
uh, Rick, we'll go to you on that. Obviously, we talked about Cincinnati all all this all this year and what a great team they are, and and I think that's kind of where he he, he got his his uh, banner of record. Well, not there, but I I think that's where uh, some of the big name teams started uh, recognizing. Certainly, LSU interviewed him on Thursday. There was that rumor going around and that thought pattern that he would end up at LSU. Uh, how come he in, why do you think, what was it that Notre Dame uh, was able to bring to him outside of, of being Notre Dame? I mean, because let's face it, LSU's a pretty uh, renowned college football program in its own right. Well, they had to, uh, they, they put themselves under, I mean, they really fell on the sword this year, putting themselves on a bowl ban for this year. He you know, only went in like the three games or something like that. Uh, but they're under investigation, uh, along with Tennessee and and along with Georgia. I think Ole Miss is now under investigation, all these SEC schools. So there could be potential future uh, uh, bans, you know, bowl game bans, or, or even worse with LSU. We don't know yet. We don't know the extent of the uh, violations, the all the true extent of the violations, I should say, because there's like four SEC schools under investigation now. I think that played into it big time. And it's a home run hire for Notre Dame because now I feel great, but the defense is in great hands because Clark Lee was a hell of a defensive coordinator. And now we're bringing in uh, another guy who's going to be a hell of a defensive coordinator. And it's funny, he's going to be a hell of a recruiter for uh, the uh, defensive side of the ball. So uh, I'm happy as hell because uh, Notre Dame is uh, not going to skip a beat on defense. Might actually even get better. Like he could be better in Clark Lee because I like to see – uh, that aggressive defensive scheme because Cincinnati shut everybody down this year. They even shut down Georgia. Georgia won that game on a field goal in the last 10 seconds of the game. Uh, so I'm really excited to, to see what he can do at Notre Dame. Well, certainly a far cry from Brian uh, Van Gorder, right? Oh, Jesus, yes. <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, let's go over to you. Justin Fields, I mean, not healthy, not good. Let's talk about that. What's going on? You got the championship game coming up uh what what's going on uh are you guys worried what are the thought processes and let's dismiss the rumors that were out there and i know that that rick and i were on that rumor train and and uh, adam was uh the first one to me that says hey you know what this is all about uh uh uh, alabama's coach's daughter and I, i'm still having that moonshine memory lapse but uh <laughs> what what's her name? What's his daughter's name? But it sent out a tweet basically starting that rumor that that Ohio State's jumping on the Corona uh, bandwagon. Not necessarily the case. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Justin Fields? Health not good, but what's what's your thought process going into Monday's game? So we'll start with Justin. Everyone in Columbus held their collective breath when Justin got hit, and then he continued on to throw three more touchdowns and like another 200 yards. Um, there has been, basically he got MRIs done earlier in the week. No breaks, not even cracked. He's bruised. And they've said he looks good. Justin said he feels better than he expected. He'll probably wear something like a flak jacket or just some extra padding. But all reports out of Columbus is he looks fine, perfectly fine and healthy, which if that's the case, 
uh, Alabama, you know, uh, got to be a little concerned because they've always had issues with with mobile quarterbacks. And the thing is, is Justin, up until the Clemson game, we've not really run him all season. Um, so he knows that if he if he needs to, he's going to get out and he'll take a hit, even if it means it's it's going to hurt. Uh, I, I'm I'm honestly not really concerned about Justin, um, based off of all the reports that we've that we've seen. Um, and in college, you can't really fudge it like you can in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, no, I I, I think I think Justin's going to be fine. Um, the word in Columbus is we are going to be missing a couple defensive linemen um, because of the moronic Big Ten protocols on on COVID. Um, it, 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 the, the names that we're hearing earlier in the week was Tommy Togiai, the All-American defensive tackle. Turns out his was a false positive. That was actually confirmed yesterday. So he is good to go for the game. So Ohio State will have uh, Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togiai destroying the middle of the Alabama offensive line. Um, and uh, the, the big loss that we're hearing, though, is it's uh, Tyreek Smith, who had a great game from the defensive end position opposite um, Jonathan Cooper. So uh, one of the players that was absent um, from the Clemson game, he was out because of stupid Big Ten protocols, um, it was Zach Harrison, who uh, will be back for the championship game. He was a he's a sophomore um, who uh, was a five star number one defensive end in the country when he came in as a freshman. Um, Zach is good. There was just there's a lot of depth in front of him. He played, I mean, a lot. We had a pretty consistent rotation, but the word is he's going to be starting on the outside, or the other starter might be Joanti John Baptiste, um, who's a junior, and they'll just be rotating. Um, but the big news in that, though, is that Tommy Togiai is good. No other COVID uh, absences for Ohio State. So Justin's good. We might be missing a couple rotational defensive linemen, but that's it. <clears throat> uh, Rick, let's get your thoughts real quick on, on uh, Justin Fields before we move on to other parts about this game. But obviously, uh, we talked about him being a possible Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. Obviously, that w- didn't turn out to be the case. But uh, maybe we're, uh, maybe he's not the immortal uh, quarterback that we once thought he was early on in the year, Rick. Well, the, the six-game season is what killed his Heisman chances. Uh, I would say he's still a Heisman uh, contending quarterback. I mean, he's really that good. He's He's going to be the second overall pick in the NFL. So the second overall pick as a quarterback is a Heisman contending quarterback. I mean, that's uh, he's like John Wick, him and Trevor Lawrence, you know, at the quarterback position. So uh, I would say that six-game season is what hurt his chances. So, uh, Rich, we'll stay with you. It's, you know, Ohio State is playing against Alabama. They're certainly the two of the most uh, – uh, the greatest college uh, football programs, at least at the moment. And Alabama's been unstoppable. It's Nick Saban's finest offense yet with Heisman, final, uh, Heisman winner, passing combination of Mac Jones quarterback, uh, Devontae Smith, to go along with running running backs, uh, G. Harris, and the list goes on. And, and, and uh, probably the, 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 the team's best player is Darlene Waddell, uh, um, so, really, 
Alabama, can they be stopped by Ohio State? And then we want to get your thoughts on the opposite of the, of the, of the line there, uh, uh, Adam. But we'll start with you, Rick. Well, Ohio State's got to do a better job than what Notre Dame did uh, at limiting the big plays because that killed Notre Dame. And then uh, that was Waddle coming back. I don't know what to do because Waddle might actually be a better receiver than uh, Devontae Smith, which is crazy to think about. So they have both of them to contend with. And then if you want to try to cover them, well, then there's Najee Harris out of the backfield too. So they're going to have to do a better job than what Notre Dame did against the big plays. And also Ohio State's going to have to create some turnovers. Uh, they're going to have to limit uh, Alabama's possessions somehow, getting turnovers and getting themselves a, a extra shots, extra chances at putting points up on the board because they're going to have to score with Alabama. If they can't – that I see them doing a, a little bit better job than Notre Dame at limiting the big plays, but they're not totally going to lock up Alabama. And then they're going to have to score with them too. And I think uh, Ohio State has the offense to do it. But they're, I also think they're going to need uh, some help in the turnover category. I think they get a minimum of two turnovers this game. This is going to be really, really close in the fourth quarter. Adam, let's go to you. You heard what Rick said, and, you know, here's the thing. When no denying as much as I'm – I won't say that I'm an Alabama hater, but I, I, I can guarantee you one thing. I'm rooting for the Big Ten and Ohio State uh, to do well against Alabama. Hopefully that can happen. But what does Alabama – I mean, what does Ohio State have to do to me to beat a very, very good – if they, arguably one of the best Alabama teams that we've ever seen. Okay, so here we go. This is going to take a second. So just let me let me get. First of all, we figured it would. Everybody that thinks Jalen Waddle is playing is falling for Nick Saban's smokescreen. The dude fractured and tore ligaments in his ankle three months ago. That is a six-month minimum recovery timeline. He's a projected first-round pick. No chance he plays more. Than, he might get out there as a, as, a, as a decoy for a play or two. They're putting this out there because they want Ohio State to have to prepare for it. It's no different than back in uh, 2014 when Ohio State um, was playing Alabama for the Sugar Bowl um, in the first college football playoff. We said, there's a chance Braxton Miller might play. Everybody knew there was no chance Braxton Miller was going to play. But you put that out there. If he plays, Nick Saban single-handedly becomes the most irresponsible coach history of college football because that dude needs to be healing so he can get ready for his professional career. If he has another bad injury on that ankle, his career might be over. Like, it's done. And so he – no, Jalen Waddell is not playing. That's, I, there, there, were, there have been multiple doctors that have gone on to different sports shows and said – there's no way he should, he should be, at this point, just walking, coming back, let alone playing football. So we can get rid of the Jalen Waddle thing. Uh, next, <laughs> do I think Alabama has a ridiculously good offense? Yes. Not saying they don't. The thing about Alabama, though, is they have not played all season a team that can wreck them from the middle of their offensive line, like Ohio State will be able to, led by two All-American defensive tackles in Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togiak. So the thing is, is that Matt Jones is not a mobile quarterback. Last week, Ohio State laid the hurting on Clemson, worse than Alabama did to Notre Dame, and had to have a spy on Trevor Lawrence the whole game. 
You don't have to do that with Mac Jones. Mac Jones isn't going anywhere. So they can just pin their ears back on passing down and go. And the thing is, is that this, this particular Ohio State team, because we haven't had, obviously we didn't have as many games played, um, which this defense on the back end is progressively getting better. Do I, do I think we need to get some turnovers? Yes. I think they will force them. Um, more than likely, it, it'll probably be what we saw from, from the Clemson game, where in the third and fourth quarter, as the offensive line starts to wear down because this defensive line is beating on you for three, you know, for four quarters, uh, some of our defensive ends, defensive tackles, gets in and punches it out for Mac Jones. Uh, similarly, though, on the other side of the football, this is not a good Alabama defense. They played two, two top 30 offenses all season, and both of those offenses scored 40 or more points. If you have a receiver that can get over the top on Alabama, then Alabama's hurting. That's been their MO since Saban's been there. And Ohio State doesn't have one receiver that can get over the top. They have three receivers that can get over the top, and you saw that against Clemson. There was a massive 25 or more yard completion to four different players against Clemson. One of them was our tight end, Jeremy Ruckert. And then you also had a 43-yard pass. I believe it was 43 yards to Garrett Wilson, a 58-yard touchdown pass to uh, Chris Olave, and a 60-yard touchdown pass to Jamison Williams. All three of those guys can take the top off of an Alabama defense that does not have the corners it usually has. So what they're going to have to do is figure out what are we going to do? Are we going to put our, our corners who are suspect on an island in order to try to keep the running game, which Trey Sermon has involved, emerged as the second or third best back in this draft class. It's not because he didn't have the talent. He had the talent all season, but everybody forgets he was hurt for all of last year. So he didn't play last year at Oklahoma. He actually tore his ACL in the first game. And then on top of that, since there was no practice for Ohio State all summer, he had no chemistry with his blockers. Well, that chemistry light, that, that light bulb clicked on for him in the Michigan State game, and we've seen that carry over to Northwestern. We've seen that carry over. Ohio State runs for 200 yards. Ohio State wins this football game. It's that simple. Because if that happens, what's going to have to happen is Alabama has to bring their safeties up into the box to stop the run, and then Justin Fields will just throw it right over the top. So Nick Saban is left with a very unique quandary for his defense that he has, he has working for him with Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, but he doesn't have to deal with that very often. The last thing I will say about this Ohio State team that I think is going to be a major deciding factor is the fact that it's that it's that you can't quantify it thing, and that's fight. This Ohio State team has had to fight just to get on the field. Parents, players, everybody was begging Kevin Warren, the absolute moronic despot of an Ohio State commissioner, to say, please, just let us play football. Everybody else is. And finally, they reversed course after – taking a beating in the media and, and, and a beating from Fox, their network partner, 
just say, play the game. You've got to give them a shot. And they've had a shot. We had three games canceled on us, one of which was ours to try to save the rest of the season. Another one was Maryland because they were talking all sorts of smack and then realized, holy crap, we just talked trash to the big dog. And then the last one was Michigan when they decided to just give up on their season because they're a bunch of panties. They knew they were going to get absolutely boat raced. And so they said, oh, shoot, we're just going to give up. And that's exactly what happened because Michigan canceled their last three games. Did you say so boat race? Boat, boat race. They were going to get boat race. Okay, got you. He's correct. Yeah, they would have got boat raced. Well, so we're about, that, we're about out of time here for this segment here, Adam. But for S and G's, I want to know who's going to win between Alabama and Ohio State. The Ohio State University. I have the I have Ohio team. State University. Rick Reagan, who's going to win, Alabama or Ohio State? I want Ohio State to win, but I, I still think it's going to be Bama. The spread is only eight, but I think Bama gets it done. And, you know, just because I'm a Big Ten guy and I like Adam Dividend, I, and I think that really it's time for Ohio State to win another championship. I'm tired of the redundant story of Alabama and the national championship. I'm going with Ohio, the Ohio State University. So we have two for Ohio State and one for Alabama. And a huge upset will be uh, if, if, if that happens. We're going to get into uh, wild card uh, uh, weekend talk here in just a minute. Uh, Adam, you got time to stick around and talk about your Browns in the next segment for a few minutes? or I do. I'm going to be driving. So, yeah, but I, I'm good. But I'll, I'll have to load up my kid. Well, don't don't get overexcited and, and wreck your car or anything like that. Oh, so. I won't. I won't. <laughs> but uh, we got we got the the Bills and the Colts today. Uh, obviously, the the Steelers. We got the Ravens. A lot to talk about when Wild Card Weekend. Uh, real quickly, uh, Rick, do you have any uh, final words or wisdom as we uh, let you go for the day, so you could go grab your Monster Energy and and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got stuff going on because we have to get up to uh, Jasper where this uh, party's kicking off at, and they're an hour ahead of us, and so we got to be leaving here by 11 to get up there by kickoff time because we're watching the foosball and then doing the Christmas party later. So uh, I think the uh, I think the Colts are going to get boat raced today by the Bills. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that, Tom. That uh, I just think it's true. I think the Bills are actually the best team in the NFL. I, I know Kansas City is a uh, with Patrick Mahomes, great offense, but an average defense. I think the Bills are great on both sides of the ball. So, I, I think it's just too tall of a task today for Indy. All right, Rick. Uh, Rick underscore rigging. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Rick, have yourself a good weekend. Safe travel to you. You too. See you, guys. All right. We'll be right, my, Myself and Adam Jovenin will be right back to talk about Wild Card Weekend. Also joining us is Matt Hicks. Going to be breaking down the Colts and the Bills. And guess what? It doesn't look like uh, there's no blizzard. So we're, we might be in good shape. Be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Cherry Coke Town. Mama and Daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yellow dog school bus kicking. All right, welcome back to the balance. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. Thank you, Rick Riggin, uh, for joining us, our official college football uh, contributor and part of our college football team. Joining us now is Matt Hicks. Uh, Matt, how are you doing, sir? Just great. How are you guys this morning? Fantastic. Are you ready for Wild Card Weekend? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's uh, what a different weekend we have this year. I was thinking about that this morning, you know, uh, living in Indianapolis and, and growing up a Colts fan, that Colts are 11-5. and five. That's, by all accounts, a good season. And if the format were like last year, 
the Colts would not have made the playoffs. And that's, that's fascinating to me. Um, usually 11 and five, heck, heck. And there was a time where nine and seven was pretty much, you punch your ticket in. Um, but right. 10 and six definitely makes it 11 and five. I mean, I, I think it would have been, it would have been the third time in NFL history. Uh, I believe that, that an 11 and five team wouldn't have made it. So, uh, the Colts are fortunate to be uh, playing today. And joining us also, uh, carrying over from last segment, is Super Browns fan Adam Jividant. Adam, it's been a long road. It, I, I think what you were in elementary school the last time the Browns were in the playoffs. <laughs> How old were you the last time the Browns were in the playoffs? I was. Can you hear me, Tom? Yeah, I can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> can you hear us, Adam? I know he's driving. He might have some connection uh, uh, problems. There we go. There we go. Go ahead. Yeah, I was 17. So not – it wasn't, like, horrible, but it was a while. <laughs> it's so, been long enough. So you guys played the, the – you guys play the Steelers. You guys yes, have the Steelers. Here's just a little bit of the history between the Browns and the Steelers. giving it to him right now. I am. Here's a flag as... Whoa! Hello. Whoa! Uh, Mason Rudolph got Rudolph into it. Get out of there. What in the world? To lead Miles Garrett? They'll be swinging a helmet? Yeah, there'll be some ejections coming out of this. There may be suspensions. That's right, suspensions. There's a little bit of energy between the Browns and the Steelers, and there's just a lot of a lot of love between the two. And, and, and this is going to be a good matchup. But you know what? It's another issue, I guess, if you will. Uh, Kevin Stavonsky isn't going to be able to coach or be on the sideline to be caught because of COVID. I know you're driving, and, the, and I know you got young Ollie there with you, so we'll let you go ahead and, and talk with us a little bit about this game before we get into the uh, – we have to let you go and get into the Colts and the Bills. Go right ahead, uh, Adam. Yeah, you know, we're not going to have Stefanski for this game. We don't know if we're going to have Denzel Ward. We're missing Ronnie Harrison. We're missing Malcolm Smith. Olivier Vernon tore his Achilles last week. Uh, right at the end of the game, it's, it's, we're not looking great. I, I, I kind of feel like this Browns team, I think they're going to keep the game closer than it should be off of heart and will. But in the end, I think the Steelers are going to win just because we don't, we, we are decimated on the defensive side of the ball between um, injuries and and then guys missing the games because of COVID. So, I I I am hopeful that it's a close game. Um, 
but realistically speaking, I, I just I don't see how it would take a Herculean effort on our offensive side. Oh, and Jack Conklin might not play because he has the flu. Um, our All Pro right tackle. So, ah, oh, there's just I think there's just going to be too many personnel losses uh, for this team to overcome. Um, so. I'm I'm looking at this season though as a tremendous building block for the future state of the Cleveland Browns. Adam, we really appreciate you joining us today. I know you were with us on, on the college football segment, but we wanted to we ran out of time to talk about the Browns in the last segment. So I appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully uh, both of your Ohio teams will do well this weekend. That's that's what I'm hoping, and I'm hoping. We'll see what happens with the Colts, man. I mean, Stephon Diggs is questionable for this game. If Diggs is out, this Buffalo team suddenly becomes very beatable. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, I will say this. If the Browns lose and the Colts lose, I want the Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl. Uh, they, they had that run in the 90s where they got so close four years in a row. And I just love the old school, smaller town football Organizations, I love it when they win. So, I'm on the I'm on the Buffalo slash Green Bay Packers train. If if the if the Bill or the if the Colts and the Browns are gone. Well, all right, I'll, I'll buy that argument. Adam, have yourself a good weekend and safe travel, Caesar, sir. All right, sound good. See you, Tom. All right. Matt, you heard you heard what uh, uh, Adam was talking about with the Browns, and here's the thing: what I don't understand about this whole non-able to coach. You know, he uh, during this whole COVID thing, you, we've seen uh, we've we've seen races called from uh, remote locations. We've seen games called from even the Colts' uh, home games and, and and away. I mean, away games were called here at home. Isn't the technology there that the coach Stanovsky uh, with the Browns or whoever it is, insert name here, insert team here, uh, should have the ability to to coach uh, remotely? Yeah, I um I would agree with that. I we were I was talking about that with some friends earlier this week and I, I was a little surprised that that was not presented as an option. And I don't know I, I honestly don't know why that was the case because I I believe if I remember right and maybe this was a joke. So forgive me if it was a joke. But I I remember uh when uh Nick Saban was out with COVID. I thought he was doing some remote coaching, but but maybe I'm not remembering that correctly. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little surprised it's not an option. But, uh, you know, listen, uh, perhaps it's, it's a, a uh, statement in what these coaches always tell their players. And it's, hey, it's next man up. That's what happens. A guy goes down, next man fills in. So maybe this is, maybe this is perhaps that in action. I, I don't know. Well, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, if you will. We've got the Colts and uh, the Bills. I mean, certainly uh, uh, there, there's a little bit of history between the Colts and the Bills, but really, at the end of the day, uh, the Colts just have to go to Buffalo and, 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 and take care of business. This is a business trip for them. Number seven Colts at number two with the Bills, but – I mean, the Bills for, uh, for, are in the playoffs for the third time in four years after a 17-year uh, uh, postseason drought. Uh, so, uh, 
it, they they if they could stop the the pass run, uh, run I mean stop the pass uh, with uh, uh, Philip Rivers, this could be a a long day for the Colts. Well, there's a narrow path to victory for the Colts, and it and I and it's very narrow. Frankly, I'm not sure what I'm missing. Uh, if you're a betting man, the Colts are six and a half point underdogs. And I'm not sure why the, the, the line is so small, uh, because in my mind, the Bills just right now are, are a far superior team to Indianapolis. Uh, maybe that is with injury um, considerations in mind for the Bills, perhaps. Um, but there is a narrow path to victory for the Colts. I, I feel that if the Colts, time of possession could mean something very, very much to this game time of possession could mean something if they can make Buffalo go on long drives because Buffalo can score quickly. I mean, this Buffalo team should look very familiar to Colts fans. <laughs> I mean, it's Allen, uh, obviously a more mobile quarterback, but I mean, they have kind of that, that situation where, you know, they've got a great wide receiver, a great quarterback, pretty good offensive line. They don't run the ball particularly well but in my opinion it's because they don't have to you you know we are at a fundamental spot in the NFL where some people still say come January you must run the ball and stop the run well I think the Colts could hold Buffalo to 55 rushing yards today and still lose by 30 points so what does that good does that do you if you stop the run great you stop the run you gave up 400 yards in the air now, that being said, I, I do think the Colts have a path to victory. It's very narrow. They can mm-hmm. control the time of possession, hold Buffalo to some field goals, and win a very you – know, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a low-scoring game, but I think the more times you put the ball in Phillip Rivers' hands, the more opportunity you have for disaster. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to make a prediction yet. I'm sure we'll get to that in a moment. But – the Colts can win this game, but a lot has to go their way. Well, needless, needless to say that uh, uh, Frank Reich was part of the, the winningest, uh, uh, biggest comeback in Buffalo or NFL history in the playoff uh, uh, season. So maybe he can play a, a part in another historic game uh, there in, in, in Buffalo. Let's talk a little bit about the Colts and their seasons. I mean, remember at the beginning of the year, a lot of people were, and I wasn't one of these people that thought that, that, uh, that Philip Rivers coming to the Colts was a huge mistake. Win or lose today, right. the Colts season definitely gets a B plus or an A minus. I totally agree, and it's amazing. We were talking about this when we first started the segment. What's amazing, a, a trip to the playoffs, in my opinion, really was, the, in my opinion, was the ground floor for this team. I think anything in less than a trip to the playoffs would have been a disappointment, and I don't think we're in dismissal territory, but it would have been, that seat would have been very warm next year for Frank Reich, and maybe Chris Ballard, maybe. The one thing that we can never forget here, and it's very hard to to remember this, and it's just, I mean, it's just such an interesting thing. You have a 30-year-old quarterback who is going to be the face of your franchise for at least five, if not seven or eight more years, and he quits at the end of camp. I mean, it's, it's like the very end. I mean, it was so late. 
So what they have done over these last two, and I include last season too. I mean, last season, Brissett did admirable. I, I, he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's right. a heck of a backup, isn't he? I mean, he's a heck of a backup. Sure. Um, and, and I like the – I mean, he's obviously he's incredibly likable and, and, and a great teammate, all those things you want out of a backup, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, it looks, looks to me like he's got a great future in coaching. If that's something that's interesting to him, who knows. But anyway – uh, this 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 season, yes, I would call this season a success. I don't know what they're going to do going forward. They have lots of options, and that is what Chris Ballard not only gets paid to do, but is why he is one of the best in his job, because they do have those options. All those quarterbacks we talk about that are available in the offseason, aside from the draftable ones, aside from the top two draftable ones, because they have capital to go up and get maybe the third or fourth quarterback in the draft. They can, the Colts can make that happen. They can go get a Matt Stafford if they'd like to. They can go get a Carson Wentz if they'd like to. They can keep Phillip Rivers if they'd like to. They have every option in front of them, all but maybe Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields with, in raw reality. Even as crazy as it sounds, you read the things about Deshaun Watson, if Houston would t- trade him in division, there's no team in the division – that maybe other than Jacksonville that has the capital to go get him. I mean, that's what's so impressive about what Ballard's done. It's a very similar uh, story to the Pacers. They're just, both these teams are just so flexible right now. They can do a lot. And on top of it, they're pretty good. So it's, it's an exciting time. Um, But I agree. Uh, I think that's a great, B plus, A minus, and everything else. I wouldn't say everything else is gravy because it would be very nice for this group to win a playoff game. Um, you know, just to, just that's like for, you know, the, the even younger players that weren't with the team two years ago when they, when they um, had a little success. Um, but, yeah, it would, it would be great. It would be great to, uh, to see this group move forward another week and go to Kansas City. And I, I got to tell you, I like the matches against Kansas City for the Colts much more than I like it this week. Absolutely. You know, I was just looking at a, a recent tweet by Zach Kiefer, beat writer for the, the Colts. One of the biggest changes since Matt Eberflus uh, took over the Colts' defense in 2018 to stopping the run. Colts have been top 10 versus the run all three years under Eberflus and a first since the, the mid-'70s and were the top five this season for the first time yeah. since 1971. And uh, – don't we uh, don't we uh, uh, owe a lot of that to um, our 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 stud? Our, I have a moonshine memory lapse today, bud. Um, oh, DeForest Buckner. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, DeForest Buckner. But uh, yeah, don't we owe no, I, I think I think. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but but you're you're making a great point here. This is a great, a great example. You know how you uh, people will whine about, oh, we have the worst – not the Colts, but like the Cowboys will whine. We have the worst owner in sports. He's always interfering and blah, 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 blah. This is a great example of the general manager saying to the owner, hey, I think we can get a guy. I think he's – you know, we want to call him generational talent. I don't know, but he's definitely the best defensive tackle in football. I mean, you can't – he's an all-pro. I mean, come on, he's 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 – one of the two defense, best defensive tackles in football. We think we can get him for the 13th pick in the draft. And we got to pay him money, though. we got to give him an extension. Or say, yeah, go do it. I mean, that's a great owner. 
obviously you throw in all the philanthropic things that Jimmy does and it's, it's amazing. Right. I mean, he, but I mean, that's, that's the synergy you have to have to be successful. They go get this guy. They make a average defense into a good, if not great defense. That's a big key to the day too, because Josh Allen, if you can contain him with also getting some pressure up the middle, yikes, like it might be a long day for Josh Allen. And we've already said they don't run the ball particularly well. And the Colts, that is one of their strengths in stopping the run. Uh, You know, if you can find a way to double digs and somehow take their tight end out of it, and that's tough for the Colts because it's just just from a responsibility standpoint, it's very tough for the linebackers to cover the tight end in a one-on-one situation. And that might be where we see some advantages for Buffalo today. But, you know, Again, I, I come back to there's a narrow path for the Colts to to get this done today. Well, the big elephant in the room, I guess, of Philip uh, Rivers' career in the playoffs since 2014, uh, uh, QX uh, quarterbacks have started 10 playoff games, and Rivers is the only one that has not made a Super Bowl. And so he's he's 12th overall in win percentage, 11th overall in completion. Uh, uh, 13th overall all in QB rating. I mean, would this be just a, a – I know we're talking about, you know, the, the J.C. Penny wish book for us old people, <laughs> but <laughs> wouldn't it be just a, a, a fantastic explanation point for the Colts to get back to the Super Bowl with Phillip Rivers yeah. in spite of it all? Well, what you know, it's kind of funny as a Colts fan and being around the Colts a little bit, you know, over the years that I was, uh, especially when he was, I mean, I don't know what to say, he's not in his prime anymore, but when he was really slinging it in San Diego and they were giving the Colts everything they could handle. Uh, I didn't like Philip Rivers. I thought he was kind of punky. and But, but seeing him more um, this year and hearing more about him and his family and well, he's a very likable man, isn't he? A uh, good man, seems like. I don't know him, never met him. But uh, I, I've come to enjoy him. And he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any question about that at this point. Uh, but what would really cement his spot in the Hall of Fame is an appearance in, in a win in the Super Bowl. That's a tough task this year because um, you're on the road for all for, for the whole time. You go to Kansas – I mean, if you can get past today, you go to Kansas City next week, and then you're likely – Probably looking at Pittsburgh, that does not bode well for the Colts for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. Um, But that being said, to your point, yes, what a wonderful cap on a career to go and at least make an appearance. And, boy, I tell you, I don't know about you. The NFC just doesn't scare me. I I would be shocked if the champion of of the NFL doesn't come from the AFC this year. Well, hopefully it'll be the Colts, but it'll be more likely the the Steelers or or, or the Chiefs. Uh, that's for sure. You said you never met Philip Rivers. Just hang out on Tuesday at the Chick Fil A in Westfield and w- look for the van full of nine kids, and you might have a good <laughs> yeah. video. <laughs> Real, real quickly here, why we still got you. Obviously, it's wild card weekend. We've also got the Rams and Seahawks and the Bucks at Washington. Tom Brady back in the playoffs in prime time. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, that's great. Uh, the only thing I don't, by the way, everybody gets all bent of shape that, oh, the Colts are the one o'clock game. 
I don't care about that. I'm very old, so I like the early game. I can fall asleep uh-huh. at a decent time tonight now. But I do I don't ha- don't like that they're first. And here's why. Because uh, traditionally when when the team I root for loses, I'm done for like at least 24 hours if not longer. So they have the potential to ruin my entire football weekend. So I implore for me, the Colts, win so I can watch football all weekend and enjoy it. Um, so let's, let's go to this Seattle-LA game very quickly. Uh-huh. Very interesting game, right? Very interesting game. Third meeting. I don't want to bet against uh, Russ Wilson at all. However, Jared Goff is like kind of playing for his, maybe his job all of a sudden. Like there's some, there's some rumblings within the organization that maybe he's not that committed. I was listening to Joe Stasniak talk about this yesterday on the Indianapolis uh, 1070 fan. Very interesting. This is an interesting game that has some interesting subplots. I think Seattle wins that. And then tonight, Washington is like the exact team that we all would bet against, right? No way they're going to win. However, their defense is like good. Their defense can score. And if Tom Brady is not in rhythm, he will give that defense an opportunity to score. This is either going to be a massive blowout for the Bucks or a real close win for Washington. I think the Bucks win the game because I just think they have too much weapons offensively, and their defense is good. It was great for the first half of the season, but their defense is still good enough, I think, to slow down a very mediocre Washington offense. But the Brady thing is like actually like I flipped the script on that. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't like the Patriots. I'll never like the Patriots. But the Brady thing is like, I mean, the guy's like 43 years old. I mean, like, I got up this morning and my foot hurt, and I'm three years <laughs> younger than him. I, I mean, the guy, it's actually, to me, it's actually quite amazing. I, 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 I find myself kind of rooting for him uh, now a little bit because of the age thing. And it's like, can he really do this when he's 45? Like, can he do it for a couple more years? That would be fascinating to me. Um, oh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of all for their success right now. And, and so B.A., I, I mean, you, you, you were around. Bruce Arians, like, is there a nicer guy? I mean, what, like, just cool dude and super nice guy. So, I get what you say about it, your, your foot hurting. I, I'm 52, and when I get up, I got I to gotta sit on the edge of the bed like an old Buick and warm up for a little bit before I can get up. <laughs> my knees hurt this morning. I didn't do anything yesterday. I mean, my knees guy going to go out and, you know, 100 snaps and throw the ball 50 times. My knees are like a bowl of Rice Krispies, my friend, so I get it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, we appreciate you joining us and talking some uh, uh, Colts and, and Wild Card Weekend. Real quickly before we let you go, who wins tomorrow? I mean, Monday night, Alabama or the Ohio State University? Boy, what a, I, th- I think that's going to be a good game. I really do. Um, I wouldn't put it past Ohio State, but I still think Alabama is just – they're just – you know, this is what Nick Saban lives for. I like Ryan Day. I think he's done a nice job there. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I give the slight edge to uh, Alabama. Matt, we appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Oh, I'm occasionally on the Twitter machine at Hicksim05. And uh, like many of my former colleagues we are all free agents and you never know where we might pop up again someday but no plans as of yet but uh the day is young as they say well we'll be we'll be watching the free agency market sir
<laughs> All right, Matt. Have yourself a good day, sir. Hey, happy football Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Matt Hicks joins us. Uh, certainly been around uh, the indie radio market for a long time. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. We'll be right back with Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. All right, and welcome back to the Bells One Hour in the Book. Thanks to Rick Riggin, our official college football extraordinaire, uh, college football team member, uh, joining us and helping us break down Alabama and uh, Ohio State. Also joined us is uh, was Adam Jividen, uh, Super Brown fan and Super uh, Ohio State uh, Buckeye fan, uh, breaking down that game as well and talking a little bit about the Browns in the in the last segment with Matt Hicks. But joining us now also is Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Tony, how are you doing, sir? Happy Saturday to you. Hey, what's going on? How are you? 
Man, ready to rock and roll, ready to get this uh, wild card weekend and this championship weekend underway. Let's start with that. Alabama, uh, Ohio State, uh, a lot of question around uh, Justin Fields uh, and and, uh, Ohio State, but certainly two good teams, probably two of the best teams in college football right now. I am a Big Ten fan, so obviously I'd like to see Big Ten win a a national championship, but I just think Alabama is just too quick. Uh, too too good. This is probably one of the best uh, teams that Nick Saban has ever coached. What are your thoughts, Alabama and Ohio State on Monday night down in Miami? Yeah, Alabama's win over Notre Dame was certainly impressive. And then you go back to a week prior in the SEC championship game, and, and, and you thought, okay, Alabama exposed some of their flaws. They give up, they give up big plays. I mean, they let Kyle Trask go for 46 points uh, in that win. They ended up being like 52-46, but you know, Ohio State was probably the most impressive college football victory I think we've seen um, in the playoff for sure. But maybe in the last 10 years, you know, they come out firing on all cylinders. They get ahead on Clemson, and they never let off the gas and, and, and took them uh, took them out, which, you know, I think they used what Dabo Sweeney had to say about some things as motivation. I also feel like that they're just a really good team. And as you mentioned, Tom, the crazy thing right now is the COVID situation, what's going on, who's going to play. Have you practiced? You know, how are you How are you mentally handling the hurdles that are coming your way? How are you physically handling not being able to go out and practice or not being able to partake in a lot of team activities? So, yes, there are certainly a lot of question marks going into Monday night's game. With all that being said, I think the advantage goes to Alabama. But I also think that Ohio State is just explosive enough that they could turn on the Jets and win this game as well. So I think we're in for one hell of a fight coming up on Monday night. Well, you were talking about COVID, and, you know, uh, uh, Nick Saban's daughter uh, started a, a uh, viral uh, Twitter story, although she did backpedal it and, and somewhat apologize for it, but she basically uh, opened up a can of worms that said basically Ohio State uh, would be using the COVID excuses to not play Alabama on, on the scheduled time. turned out that that wasn't the case, uh, but it, that certainly was a wild rumor that was circulating this week. Yeah, I mean, that's just all just stuff that you throw to the wayside, whether you're Alabama or, you know, you're, you're Ohio State. Ohio State has proven that some of the things that they hear and what, what other coaches say they've used as motivation. We saw that in the national in the national semifinal when, you know, Dabo Sweeney was talking about Ohio State shouldn't be ranked any higher than 17th and that, you know, they probably don't deserve to be there and he didn't, he didn't rank them in the top 10. And, you know, you use that as motivation and, and you uh, you keep digging. So uh, I wouldn't be giving Ohio State any more bulletin board material because they clearly proved in that first game against Clemson that they're going to take that and run with it. Well, so you're, you're certainly uh, one of the betting guys on in the group here that we have on the balance. Uh, t- talk with us a little bit about what you're seeing about there. What's Vegas uh, uh, saying about the game? What's How's the line moving or not moving? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting game because you you don't know – everybody thinks Alabama and they think defense, but they gave up a lot of yardage to Florida in that national championship game – or, excuse me, in the SEC championship game. And they gave up a lot of – you know, Notre Dame still had some decent drives. Um, Alabama laying the eight points. You're going to give me Ohio State, the hottest team in the country right now, and you're going to give me eight points. Uh, the over-under 75, which tells you there's not going to be much defense – um, which tells me that 
um, you know, it's going to be a shootout. And if it's a shootout, I think Ohio State could possibly have this advantage. So um, give me Ohio State and the eight points for sure coming up on Monday night. Let's talk about another uh, big story in college football this week, and that's obviously Marcus Freeman uh, being hired over to Notre Dame. Uh, I know LSU was courting him as, as soon as Thursday, but he ended up over at Notre Dame. Uh, what are your thoughts about that big hire uh, to, to add to Brian Kelly's uh, coaching staff? Yeah, I mean, anytime you, you bring somebody into that caliber of a coach, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to be mad about it. That obviously um, – brings a, a level of, of, of play to that defensive side of the football. So really like what Notre Dame's doing. Uh, they're going in the right direction. They've been successful under Brian Kelly's tenure, and you just continue to get better by adding great coaches like that. Let's uh, get into the wild card weekend. We were just talking to Matt Hicks a little bit about the Colts and the Bills. So let's uh, pick, off where we left, pick up where we left off on there. Let's get your thoughts. Uh, uh, the Colts made it to the playoffs. So there you go. We, we, we at least can, can say that much about this season because a lot of people begin, at the beginning of the season did not think the Colts were even going to make the playoffs. They've made the playoffs uh, with a quarterback that they've only signed for one year who's in doubt to even come back next year, who's, uh, who's only the only one of 14 uh, quarterbacks to make numerous playoff appearances and never make a a, a Super Bowl, so we've got that question, but I mean, geez, when you look at Jonathan Taylor, you look at our running game and our, our offensive team, but also I, 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 the Bills are, are really that good. They're the real deal, and they they have been trying to prove to the world for the last few years that they, that they have a right to be in the playoffs, and they're certainly right there at number two, so what are your thoughts of the Colts and the Bills today? First game of the day. I don't know if that's good luck or bad luck, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, so when this was all going down and, you know, we were all glued to our TV last week to see if the Titans were going to beat the Texans and who was going to win the AFC South, um, you know, I really did not want to see the Bills for the Colts. I really didn't. Uh, they've had an explosive offense. They haven't lost a football game, I think, since before Thanksgiving. We saw them drop 56 points last week on the Miami Dolphins. They're a hot, hot football team. And I just thought, you know, the Colts could beat the Ravens. The Colts could beat the Browns. They could beat the Steelers. You know, whoever they had, whoever they would have gotten, uh, I think they would have had a, had a chance to win. I just didn't want to see the Bills because I really like Josh Allen. I think that's a team that, that, is, that is built for a deep playoff run. With that being said, when you really break down this matchup, the keys for the Colts are simple. Keep, keep Phillip Rivers upright and comfortable. And that's, that's two to three-second quick slants. Maybe take a couple shots downfield. But, but it's going to have to be quick dink and dunk. I think this, this game is going to be a relatively low-scoring contest. And if, if the Colts can keep it low-scoring, establish dominance at the line of scrimmage with the, running, with the rushing attack, and get Jonathan Taylor going. And then you have Naeem Hines as maybe an X-Factor, who I really like. I think he's a guy that you know, can, can really make a difference today and get you some yardage out of the backfield. I think the Colts can can win today. You've got Josh Allen, only one career playoff game in which last year he blew and lost, uh, blew a lead late. You've got Phillip Rivers, who's very experienced, knows how to get it done. Um, yeah, it's going to be it, – you know, you think about Buffalo, Tommy, you think, oh, man, the, the element, it's going to be snowy, it's going to be windy. It's not going to be too bad. It may be a little windy, but only four-mile-an-hour winds today, 36 degrees and sunny. It'll be a perfect day for football. And, you know, Frank Reich knows how to get it done in Buffalo. He did as a player. Um, as, especially in the AFC wildcard weekend when they came back to beat the Oilers back in, what was that, 1991? So, um, you know, I look at it like this. I think the Colts really do have a chance to win this football game. 
Let's talk a little bit about the AFC South and talk about the Titans getting in uh, to, to play the Ravens. And at the end of the day, I, I, I know I'm a little bit older than you, but remember the old video games and, and you could, you, you, they play the video game, you shoot the, the, you shoot the field goal and it like doink and go in. That's exactly how the Titans got into uh, uh, playoffs against uh, the Ravens. And, or at least, I'm sorry, not into the playoffs, but it kept us from being the number one seed and having a home field advantage. Uh, so how big of a play was that win for the Titans to win that and almost going – in fact, I thought they were going to overtime. Uh, how do you think that's going to carry over uh, to the Ravens? Because the Ravens are a pretty solid AFC team. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens are hungry after what Lamar Jackson went through last year and, and, and having to hear everything about how, oh, man, is he – you know, he needs to get them to the Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. This is probably one of the better games. But if you could stop Derrick Henry and you make Ryan Tannehill beat you late in the game, I think you have a pretty good chance. You know, obviously, they kind of let their, their foot off the gas last week down in Houston and let the Texans, who weren't playing for anything, come back, take the lead, and then eventually, you know, they, they lose on that game-winning field goal, as you mentioned. But uh, I think the Titans are certainly beatable today, and I, I, I favor the Ravens because – you know, you got Dobbins, you got Mark Ingram in the backfield, you've got Hollywood Brown who's been playing well. Um, they've got weapons, and you've got the ultimate weapon, Lamar Jackson, and his his ability to scramble and to extend plays and get those yards. So, uh, really looking forward to that game. It should be, you know, your your, your typical AFC first round playoff smash mouth type football game. And uh, I'll give the slight advantage. Very close game. I think it's going to be a Kyle Tucker game winning field goal for the Ravens to win today. So if the Ravens want to know how to beat the Titans, they're going to be watching some game tape between the Colts and the Titans. Wouldn't you say that to be true? Yeah, I mean, you just got to look at what, you know, you, you, you don't let Brown beat you deep. And, you know, Derrick Henry is going to get a majority of the carries. And you've got, to, you've got to limit him at the line of scrimmage. Don't let him get that push up front and gain those extra yards after the initial tackle. So um, the Ravens will have their hands full, but just as much so, if you're the Titans' defense, you have to look at Lamar Jackson and say, okay, this guy can beat us deep with the throws, but he can also beat us with his feet and his speed. So let's kind of let's try to keep him balanced, keep him in a box. All right, let's let's walk around a little bit around the NFL. You've got the Rams and the Seahawks today. Then the second game, uh, that's certainly going to be a good game and a good matchup. But you got to like the Seahawks in this matchup. Yeah, you know, Russell Wilson started out the season super hot, MVP type of uh, first half. He kind of faded late. Uh, too many mistakes, too many interceptions. Um, you know, we saw them play an, an ugly game last week against the Rams. They get them again this week. Um, it, it, it's plain and simple. The Seahawks win today if they control the time on the clock and if they control the turnovers. If, if, if Russell Wilson throws for two or three interceptions, they're not going to be able to overcome that. So um, just play your game. Get DK Metcalf going. Um, you, you've got Lockett, you've got some weapons there, established the run game. It's always tough to, pl- to play in Seattle, especially in the playoffs, even if there is no fans. I think, the, I think, the, I think the Seahawks had the advantage today. Tonight, we've got uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians in the playoffs in prime time against a team with no name. <laughs> and Washington, I, I tell you what, you got to give them credit because I mean, honestly, I think at the beginning of the season, a lot of people uh, discredited the Washington Redskins as kind of the, the redheaded stepchild, if you will, of the NFL. But they've proven uh, to be not the case this year. You go back to last Sunday. You know, last game of the day, Sunday night, Eagles 
Washington. Very, very ugly football game. Turnover central. They, you know, the Eagles, if they win, the Giants get in. If Washington wins, they're in. Alex Smith, the comeback story. Um, but really the, the, the biggest story for this Washington football team is just that defensive push. I mean, Chase Young is so good. You got Montez Sweat. Um, they have a really good defense, and I think that they're going to they're going to make Tom Brady uncomfortable, and 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 make Tom Brady make decisions on the fly. So, I don't think Washington's going to win today, but I think it's going to be a lot closer game than what people think. I would certainly lay the ten points. Give me give me Washington plus ten. I think it's a twenty it's, it's a twenty four seventeen type win for Tampa Bay. Let's talk a little bit about tomorrow's game. You've got the Bears and the Saints, and I mean the Bears in the playoffs with Mitch. Uh, but yet they didn't have any faith in Mitch before, but now they're back to Mitch again. I mean, this this whole Bears uh, team is just kind of leaves you scratching your head. And of course, uh, they're at the Saints. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Mitch has played well. He really has the last five weeks. He's been putting up mega yardage. They scored what thirty points for in four consecutive games for the first time as a franchise since the early sixties. Um, they can play. It, this, this could develop into a shootout. Um, I think the over is the play in this game because I think the Bears can play with the Saints just simply because the Saints' defense isn't as great as maybe it could or should be. And this being Drew Brees' last go-round, he's going to want to put up some yardage, put up some points. Give me the, give me, give me the Saints in this one. You're looking at 38-31 type game. We got the Browns and the Steelers. First of all, a lot of sto- uh, stories going on with the Browns and the COVID. And um, – Coach Stemeski, I don't know why I can't say that this morning, uh, isn't going to be able to coach because of the COVID, as well as other uh, coaching personnel injuries. But I guess one of the biggest things in, in, in what we've noticed in all of this COVID games, uh, games being uh, handled with no fans, we've seen the play-by-play announcers to include uh, Colts away games to be called here at home. There's ways for him to coach remotely. Why has that not been an option? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly could be, but you got to think about, you know, if anything were to go wrong or any kind of delay or lag, you know, you have to – I mean, you're not going to run on the sideline and, and, and every time if you're the quarterback and stare at a monitor to get the play. Um, you know, you've got the coaches and the quarterbacks here. You know, the quarterback's the only helmet on the entire field that has a mic, that has a microphone and has a – you know, and has got radio connected to it so the play could come in all the way up to, I think, they break the huddle. So, um, you know, just, just anything that – you know, you just you just do it from the sideline there because it keeps it natural. Um, it keeps it feeling normal, even though you're simply talking to a different coach that you still probably had talked to several times throughout the entire season. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, the Browns and the Steelers certainly have a, a, a deep, dark history, if you will, and the Steelers uh, are certainly on a mission, as we, as we mentioned earlier on in the show. Uh, the, the road to the Super Bowl could come through Kansas City or could come through um, – uh, Pittsburgh. So certainly uh, Pittsburgh is is really uh, dialed in and, and ready to go. Uh, the Steelers started off the season remarkably and then kind of went had a downslope and then uh, got their, their, their act back together right toward the ends. And, and they could probably thank the Colts a little bit for being where they're at uh, in the in the playoffs. But what what are your thoughts on the Steelers and the Browns? Yeah, I you know, we'll see the Browns they're under a lot of COVID protocol. You don't know who's gonna be playing. You know, as you mentioned, that that's just another element, another factor heading into this. I certainly haven't been impressed by the by the uh 
by the Steelers over the last couple of weeks. I think if you're the Browns, you want to develop this into a shootout. You want to get Nick Chubb going. You want to make some big plays deep. Let Baker Mayfield use his arm uh, to make this a shootout. If it's a shootout, they have a chance to win. But eliminate Juju Smith-Schuster on the defensive side of the football if you're the Browns. I like the Steelers in this one, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. So let's uh, let's make some bold predictions. Uh, who who goes on next week and who's who? Uh, so I guess what I'm trying to say here is if if the Colts win and Kansas City wins, we go to Kansas City. What are your, what are your thoughts on what what's what are your what's your roadmap for uh, next weekend in the playoffs? Yeah, so you'll have the Packers and the Chiefs next week hosting playoff games um, at home. They're the only two teams with a bye this week. Uh, you know, if the Colts win, they go to Kansas City. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. The Packers get the lowest remaining seed out of the NFC, which more than likely will be the – oh, is it the Seahawks? I believe it's the Seahawks. So, yeah, that we should see some really good games next week. I think we have some really good games this week. There's going to be one game. There always is in a wild card weekend where it's an absolute dud and it's a blowout. I hope it's not the Colts-Bills. I don't think it will be. I think we're more than likely to see that. Maybe with Tampa and Washington, possibly Seattle pulls away from the Rams. But um, if we're looking for a bold prediction, um, I, I just think that the Ravens are going to go to Tennessee and win. Yeah, I understand that they're the favorites, but, um, you know, I, I could certainly see them winning that game using using Lamar Jackson's legs to get them there. They're hungry. They're hot. And uh, give, me, give, me the, give me the Ravens on a game-winning Kyle Tucker field goal. I know uh, Tony, we're talking about Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast. Tony, I know that you uh, cover a lot in racing. Uh, this uh, week we saw uh, Pat Patrick pass away. Uh, I believe he was 91. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you just think about, you know, those those cars that he, that he put together. Um, you know, Scott Pruitt's car in 1996, uh, come, or, or 1995, excuse me, comes to mind. Um, you know, he was great. He was, he, was, he was a great ambassador for the sport. Um, you know, he won a lot of races, had a lot of great quality drivers that ran for him. Um, and, you know, you just hate to see the passing uh, of, of Pat Patrick. And, you know, you saw a lot of people reaching out, including Mario Andretti, who kind of had a tough week losing his brother, his twin brother, Aldo. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pat, Patrick Racing, you think about that iconic 20 car, it wins with Gordon Johncock. And then, you know, he, all the way through – you know, from 1979 to the to the late 90s, uh, guys like Mario Andretti, Gordon Johncock driving for him, Johnny Rutherford, Danny and Gaius, Chip Ganassi. Um, obviously, he was he had a great tie with Emerson Fittipaldi throughout the 80s when Emerson came over from um, Formula One, and you know they won what five races in 1989, including mm-hmm. the Indianapolis 500. So, um, yeah, it was it was a Penske chassis, but um, you know it was owned in part. It was a Penske chassis that was owned in part with Chip Ganassi and Pat Pat, Pat Patterson. So, uh, you know, you just think about those awesome number 20 cars that were that were sponsored by Miller Lite with Danny Sullivan and Roberto Guerrero. So, um, you know, very sad in the past. He never met the guy, but, you know, all, all, all you heard about was great things. Oh, absolutely. Certainly a, a legend as well. Another legend uh, died this week, at, and we found out yesterday, is Tommy Lasorda of uh, the Dodgers, longtime Dodger guy. Died. Uh, any thoughts on that? I know you're a baseball guy too, but I mean, I, I know you're a Cubs guy, but the Dodgers, man, they, you, they get you, they own they owe a lot to uh, Lasorda in, in his passing yesterday. Uh yeah, I'm definitely not a Cubs guy, that's for sure. Um, but you know, you, oh, you think you about are. a guy who's I don't know why I thought that. No, I'm a <laughs> diehard White Sox fan. 
Um, okay. But yeah, you just think about it. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you just, it's, you know, every, just the joy that he had for the sport of baseball and, and just how he represented the Dodgers everywhere that he went. Um, you know, nobody had a bad word to say about him. He was full of life, full of joy. You think about the fight with Pedro Martinez, which kind of, kind of makes people laugh and, and, and the Philly fanatic. So he was always, you know, having a great time and just an, an awesome ambassador for baseball. So, um, you know, we, we, we thought things were going to get better as we turned the corner last week to 2021. But uh, so far, it's been a rough week for this country. Yeah, it has. Absolutely. Well, Tony, we appreciate you joining us. And, and hopefully uh, we have a great uh, football Saturday for the Colts. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Where can people find your work at Masterpieces? What are you working on, sir? Yep, uh, the Tony D podcast, it's up right now. You can take a listen to that. I give you my breakdown of how the Colts can win today, uh, what they need to do to get it done, how they get it done. I give you my picks against the spread for the wild card weekend. So uh, Tony D Indy on Twitter. And uh, it's a great day, Tom, to just sit on the couch, stay warm, bundle up, grab the chips, grab the dip, grab the pop, and have a hell of a day. Absolutely. All right, Tony, have yourself a good day. We'll talk with you soon. You too, man. Take care. Thanks. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. We'll get his uh, podcast up on social media here coming up. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. We'll be right back with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And SI.com going to be joining us to break down all the games in Wild Card Weekend right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling! 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Then I was a little baby, sweet and greasy. <laughs> Gotta love bread. I know. You know, there's sandwich bread over there oh, next yeah. to the coffee. Ice bread in the bathtub. Hey, that's gross to me. There's a lot I've been feeling lately. Uh, why is there a hearse at my house? Night screams. The new fun of the kids. Billet, Billet. My Billet. Billet, where are you, Billet? So I need to talk to you regarding money. Football extraordinaire uh, and Adam Jividen, super uh, Browns fan and Ohio State fan, joining us to break down the Ohio State Buckeyes and Alabama and the national championship game on Monday. Also, Matt Hicks and Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast joined us to help us start to begin to break down a wild card weekend. But joining us now is Ed Kratz. Beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm I'm hanging in there after last night, Tom. Thanks. I was gonna I was gonna ask you. We were talking earlier uh, with Rick about the, the uh, Zoom moonshine uh, cocktail uh, party. So <laughs> we're, we were so glad that you could you could join us. So so uh, I'm glad that you were able to indulge in some moonshine with us, sir. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. I, Still tasting it a little bit this morning. I'll tell you that it's uh, it, it, it sticks uh, with you. It's it's just a it good does. old friend. It snuggles yep. up with <laughs> you and keeps you warm. That's for sure. Well, yes, we got sir. A lot, 
we got a lot to talk about. We'll try to go easy on you today. But uh, let's start with, obviously, our Colts and the Bills. Looks like we're going to have some moderately good weather for Buffalo, that is, uh, in the mid-30s, uh, low winds. So it looks like weather's not going to play a, a factor. Let's, let's break it down on both sides of, of the line. We'll start with the Bills. They're coming in at the number two. Certainly a very hot team. And certainly after, you know, able to get back in the playoffs over the last couple of years, you know, they had a, lot, a, a long drought like the Browns did about 17 years or so before they saw a, a, a postseason appearance. And now they've been able to uh, get dialed in. And, and really, I mean, they've really uh, proven that they have a, a spot as a true number two AFC, uh, uh, even if it is the wild card. What are your thoughts on the Bills and the Colts? Well, there's six games this weekend, right? And the one I'm looking forward to most is this game. And it's the first game right out of the gate. You know, it's going to get us uh, started on, on our weekend run of games here. But I, I kind of wish it was a primetime game where you could settle in at night and, uh, you know, do what you have to do a little bit in the afternoon maybe, not have to worry about settling in for a 1 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. But, uh, you know, I'll be watching this one because this is the one I'm most interested in. And I think it's a great matchup. It's it's harder to say who it's a tougher game for. Is it a tougher game for Buffalo or is it a tougher, tougher game for Indianapolis? Um, I mean, both of these teams to me are, uh, I, I wish they would have waited a little later and maybe next weekend to play this game, because I think one of the two teams that, that could get to the championship game are going to be eliminated today. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, obviously the bills have Josh Allen, the, this great quarterback that's really proven himself this year. And, uh, now they're talking a massive contract extension for him. Uh, you don't, you hope that's not a distraction for him, you know, worried about, you know, all the zeros he's going to have on the end of his contract, uh, you know, in the next coming weeks here. Um, but, you know, I, I really like Josh Allen and, and that Stefan Diggs matchup uh, is going to be problematic for the Colts. I know Diggs is, is battling something. I think this week uh, was a little limited at practice, but I expect him to be, fully ready to go that's going to be a handful for indianapolis um but listen uh, the colts have to play defense in this game there's no doubt they can't get into a shootout uh with buffalo because they won't win i don't think that's a colts offense that's designed to score the kind of points that you might take to win this game against buffalo which has a very electric you know quick strike type of offense um so they're going to have to play defense and i think they're going to have to try to control the ball a little bit um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think, has been a terrific running back here, kind of down the stretch. Um, no longer a rookie, although he is a rookie. But, you know, it's late in the season now. He's been playing well. Uh, I think if you can establish the run and kind of limit the opportunities Josh Allen has on the field, that will help uh, the Colts. And I think the Colts have to get some turnovers, you know, with that defensive uh, – some of their big defensive playmakers like uh, – DeForest Buckner and the, and the, and the linebacker Darius Leonard, um, you know, they have to get a turnover in this game and they have to keep it low scoring. If they can do that, I, I think they'll find a way to win. But um, to me, I think Buffalo has a chance to get to the Super Bowl, and I don't see them losing this game at home. Um, I know they haven't been in the playoffs for a while, so maybe that's an advantage for the Colts um, who are a little bit more uh, playoff tested. Um, that could work in their favor, but I just, I think the bills have a little bit too much to, to not win this game. So I, I think they'll win. And I, you know, I think they'll win again. I think they'll hit 30 points and I don't think the Colts can get 
you know, out of the 20. So I think the Colts will win something like 30 to maybe 23, 24, something like that. I hate to say it, Tom. I hate to do it to you. But I, <laughs> right. I, won't, take, I won't take it as, as a jinx. Thing. I, I'm, but I'm going to be all geared up. got my Colts jersey on now as we speak, and I'm going to be uh, ready uh, to go. I think we got some pizza and wings going to be here. So we're going to be – let me just find it. And I know that the Colts are at Bill Stadium now, uh, per tweet uh, that I saw with the Colts, and they're getting off the buses now. You mentioned uh, for Arsenal there uh, for uh, um, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, it looks like Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley are ready to go for today's matchup. Again, it gives a yeah. full Arsenal to Josh Allen. If Josh Allen does manage to win a Super Bowl, wouldn't we say that he's one of the new uh, up-and-coming uh, quarterbacks in the NFL? Absolutely. I mean, you know, and I, I, I got to admit to being surprised. I didn't think he would have this this type of career so early. Um, coming out of Wyoming, never really saw him play in college. But you know, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, and Ken Dorsey, uh, the quarterback coach. I know Dable's put himself in position to probably get a head coaching job um, with the job that he's done with that offense and with Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey could probably get elevated to offensive coordinator there, or, you know, maybe somewhere else in the league. Um, But, you know, the one thing the bills don't do overly well is, is run the ball. And um, so they do put a lot of weight on Josh Allen's shoulders to, to kind of carry that offense. And, you know, that's what a quarterback gets paid to do. But without much of a running game, I, mean, I guess it's a- adequate, but, you know, it's not exceptional. Um, and that could end up biting them in the long run, and, and it could be in this game against the Colts. Well, I can tell you one thing. The Colts, are, no matter what happens, win or lose, have made it to the playoffs. I think a lot of people did not think that's going to happen. I think we could give them a B minus, uh, a B plus or an A minus, if you will, uh, on their season. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, an absolute beast. And uh, we went to, uh, got to the playoffs with, with uh, Phillip Rivers, who's, who's went to mo- a lot of playoff games, but never made it to the Super Bowl. So, I, I mean, what a great story that would be if it does happen. Yeah. And certainly we, if we're, us old people know what the J.C. Penny Wish book is, I've got that page flipped. Let's uh, That corner flipped, <laughs> and we'll see what, that's what my grandma used to do. We'll flip back the corner of the pages, and you know, we'd spend hours going through that uh, uh, catalog and just, you know, thinking that we're going to get everything that's in that. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. they call it a book, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember those right. days? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I do. I, vaguely, but, <laughs> but yeah, Rivers. A, Rivers a good story. Uh, you know, I, I you know Philip Rivers is a good story. They the Colts took a chance on him, gave him that one year deal, and uh, you know, whenever this ride ends, the question, the number one question is going to be is is he going to be back next year uh, in Indianapolis? And if not, who is going to be the quarterback? But uh, listen, ride this as long as you can. I mean. It would be a great story for Philip Rivers to get a team to the Super Bowl, um, and you know I think this Colts team has has the ability to do that. I mean I love their offensive line. Um, although aren't, aren't they missing one of their pieces up front? Costanzo is out, I think. Anthony Costanzo, yeah. Yeah, I mean that 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 doesn't help. Bill, it's a good, it's a really really good offensive line, and you know I like a team that's able to run the ball, especially in. You know, you mentioned it's going to be kind of mild in Buffalo, 34. I guess, you know, like I said last night, that's probably, you know, bathing suit weather in Buffalo, to be honest. But, <laughs> exactly. uh, 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, th- I think a team that can run the ball in the cold weather has has a, that's a huge advantage, and you know, I think the Colts can do that, and um, you know, I I think you know they they have enough pieces in place to make a really good run at the Super Bowl. It's a tough first game for both these teams, to be honest. I mean, uh, I can't wait to you know till it starts. To tell you the truth, I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, Colts head coach Frank Wright has a little bit of history with the Bills, so let's hopefully mm-hmm. they can make some more history with the Bills, but on the other side of the line to, today. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that great comeback against the Houston Oilers, was it, I think, yeah, you know, during his playing right. career when he – the backup to uh, Jim Kelly in Buffalo. And, then <clears throat> you know, he's got the history in Philadelphia. He knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl, no question about that. And, um, you know, Sean McDermott, very good head coach on the other side of the ball. He's from the Philadelphia area. I used to actually cover him when I was covering high schools in the suburbs. He was oh, wow. a wrestler uh, at, at a suburban high school here. And, man, that guy was just tough. I mean, he wasn't the most talented wrestler, but, uh, man, he, he he didn't back down from anyone. He was fearless, uh, which is saying something in wrestling when it's one-on-one hand, you know, hand-to-hand combat and you're out there and everybody's watching you, man. He didn't back down one inch. I loved his for you know, his tenacity and his ferocity that he brought out there with every match. And he does the same thing as a head coach, man. He's, he's fearless. He, the way he calls a game. Um, and he's got that defense playing at a, at a pretty high level. Um, but he doesn't have that experience that Frank Reich does. And we'll see how that, you know, if that is an advantage for Indy uh, later today. Well, let's walk through the games of wildcard weekend. The next game on, on the docket is the Rams and the Seahawks. We talked a little bit about this last night. But I certainly think this is a good matchup. But I think at the end of the day, Seahawks win at home, even if there is no fans there. Yeah, the, the 12th man's not going to be around. Uh, but, I, you know, I kind of like the Rams in this game. I, I just think they match up well defensively against Seattle. Um, you know, you have uh, Patrick Ramsey, or Jalen Ramsey, rather, the quarterback, or the cornerback that uh, will be matched up with DK Metcalf. And, you know, I kind of like that matchup for the Rams. Um, you know, Aaron Donald played well against the Seahawks in both their matchups this year. I don't think you're going to be able to block him consistently. And uh, they're going to move Russell Wilson off his spot. Um, but that's as far as the quarterback goes. I know it's going to be Goff, but I guess, you know, John Wolford's in the mix, too. They're back up. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think the, the Rams' defense is is too good in this game, and I and I like that matchup. I know Russell Wilson's got great magic, but it just feels like forever ago when he got off to that quick start, and everybody was mentioning him as the MVP, hands down. Things have changed a little bit, um, but I just like the Rams' defense in this. I think they find a way to get this done, and it's going to be a close game. I think down to the wire, two division opponents that have already seen each other twice this year. Um, I think the Rams are five and three against, uh, Pete Carroll, at least McVeigh is. So he's got the upper hand there. Um, but these are two teams that know each other well. So I think it'll be a close, you know, one, two, three point type game. And I just think the Rams defense is, is going to find a way to win this game. And tonight, finally, we got the, uh, Buccaneers, Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians and prime time. In, in the playoffs, imagine that. I think Tom Brady won the divorce uh, against Washington. And, you know, <laughs> uh, Washington is, is a team that I think a lot of people underestimated and maybe kind of thought of as the, as the redheaded stepchild of the NFL. But even if they don't have a name, uh, they certainly have made some great strides. I think uh, the Buccaneers will win uh, at Washington tonight. That just, just – 
uh, from the matchup perspectives alone. But certainly Washington, like the Colts, have, have proven to have a good season. <clears throat> yeah, they won seven games. I mean, uh, you know, and Ron Rivera is a great story. So is Alex Smith. I'm not – I don't think Alex Smith is going to – I think he's going to play, but I think the word is is that, uh, you know, he may not play every series that Ron Rivera could stick Taylor Heineke in there, uh, you know, a couple series uh, tonight because of uh, Smith's calf injury. But, listen, I, I just saw Washington here in Philadelphia this past Sunday, and, uh, you know – I just don't think they're that good offensively, uh, to be honest with you. And I think Tom Brady's going to score points. That offense is too good not to, you know, put up at least three touchdowns, I wouldn't think. I mean, I know Washington's defense is very, very good. You know, with Chase Young, probably the defensive rookie of the year in the NFC. And, you know, they've invested a lot of resources up front with that defensive line. they got Montez Sweat opposite uh, Chase Young at defensive end. Very, very good player. Um, but offensively, I mean, they only put up really, I guess, 20 points against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, I know, I know they were playing hard, and there's been a lot of controversy about, you know, them kind of tanking, you know, taking Jalen Hurts out after three quarters of a 17-14 game. And, you know, I wonder if they would have left Hurts in if the Eagles wouldn't have found a way to beat Washington and put the Giants uh, in this situation. Um, I, I just don't think Washington's – very good to be honest I know their defense is good but I, I think Tampa should handle things hands down and probably win this thing by two touchdowns if I had to guess I mean this is I, I know it's Tom Brady and that's why it's in prime time but if you ask me I'd rather see Buffalo and Indianapolis playing tonight um, in this 815 slot rather than Tampa and Washington I'm to be honest I'm not even sure how much of it I'm gonna watch even as an NFL fan because I just I just don't think it's going to be a very competitive game I, I hope I'm wrong it could be a very good game I'll watch a little bit early on, but I just think Tampa's got too many weapons. Uh, I don't think Tampa's going to be in the Super Bowl, but I think they have plenty enough to get past this uh, this Washington football team uh, tonight. And you have, and like I said, you have to give Washington a lot of props for being here. You know, Ron Rivera fighting the cancer and, and beating it, and um, you know the no names uh, controversy from the off season, and and you know the, the troubles with the owner owner Snyder. Uh, you know, they've just had so many obstacles in their way um, and maybe they can overcome Tampa. I just don't, I just don't, don't see that happening, but you know, great year for them. Easy team to root for. Um, but again, I think their season probably ends tonight. Well, a game that we'll be watching very closely here in uh, Indianapolis uh, is tomorrow, the Ravens and the Titans. Uh, obviously the Titans, uh, won against uh, the uh, Texans in a uh, a wild and crazy end at what we thought was going to playoffs. I mean, going to o- overtime, uh, one with a, a field goal with a doink field goal at that. On top of that, uh, the Ravens, though, I think have a lot going on. I mean, they're pretty dialed in. And honestly, I, I would like to see uh, if, if, you know, if somebody's going to lose in this game, I certainly would like to see the Titans lose this game, especially if we do. Some- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, then I mean, who do the Bills or I mean, do the uh, Colts, the winner of the Colts uh, Indianapolis game, do they play the winner of this game? No, they would go to Kansas so think, City. Uh, That's my understanding listen, anyway. I, I could I could have it all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't I don't really look that far ahead to be honest, but. Um, they, these two teams played in the playoffs last year, I think, right? When when uh, Lamar uh, I think Jackson right. was 
Yeah, when when the Ravens I think were the number one seed, um, and the, and the Titans came in and beat them, and that was a great run for Tennessee. They made it to the AFC Championship game and kind of gave Kansas City a good battle there in that game. But um, I, I think the Ravens. It's interesting because I think Tennessee came to Baltimore last year. This year they're going to Nashville. I I don't know. I just Tennessee's been kind of inconsistent, kind of up and down. You know, they get on these little hot streaks within the game, but they're prone to some real lows too. And you know, I think the Ravens are, are playing well. Uh, you know, I think they had that experience from last year. I mean, certainly that's going to be a big motivation for them to uh, to win this game. And I and I think they will. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill, to me, in Tennessee is really – Arthur Smith has done a great job as their offensive coordinator there. And, again, another guy that probably should be mentioned in some head coaching uh, openings this, this year because – what he's done with Tannehill after his career was basically written off in, in Miami. And then, you know, he comes into Tennessee and you talk about that game last week that they beat the Texans. I mean, he completes that, that 40 plus yard pass down the field in the last few seconds to AJ Brown that puts him in position for that field goal. Everybody thought that was heading to overtime until Tannehill uh, made a great play to AJ Brown. So um, this is a tough team. You know, this is a Titans team tested from last year. Uh, you know, this is probably the second most game I'm looking forward to of the weekend. I think it's going to be, and it's a one o'clock game again, probably should be in prime time, but uh, I just, I, I don't know. I think the Ravens will, will find a way to win with Jackson, just based on them having lost last year, uh, having a little motivation this year, but to do it, they're going to have to uh, somehow contain Derrick Henry. Uh, Henry ran wild against them last year in, in this playoff game. So they're going to have to find a way to contain him and then, I uh, hope they can make enough plays against Ryan Tannehill, who looks like a completely different quarterback from his days in Miami. I give him and the and that organization a lot of credit for uh, kind of turning him around and um, you know making him into the quarterback that he is here. Second straight playoff appearance for him, and um, they're going to be a tough out. It's going to be a tough game for Baltimore to do it, but I think Baltimore finds a way to to get it done in this one. So that'll make you happy, even though I pick yeah. against the Colts. I'm I'm picking against the Titans too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It crosses each other out. Uh, tomorrow, yeah. also, the Bears and the Saints. Uh, the Bears with Mitch, Bears without Mitch, and then now they're with Mitch again. Uh, it's kind of a a a, a a circus over there, up there in Chicago. But what are your thoughts on the Bears and the Saints in Wild Card Weekend? Uh, I, well, the Bears' defense is is pretty good. Uh, they could keep. New Orleans, you know, they could keep themselves in this game uh, against the Saints and Drew Brees. I mean, you know, Brees has been kind of prone to some mistakes if he gets pressure. Uh, last season, you wonder how much of a motivation that's going to be for him and that team to kind of rally around him to keep, you know, his career going. Uh, I'm assuming it's his last year. I think he announced already this will be his last year. But, you know, that could be a big motivator for them. Um, you know, the Bears defense is good as it is. I just don't know if they can compete with the Saints. It was kind of that funny story that came out this week that they wanted to quarantine like 50,000 fans in, in a hotel in New Orleans uh, so they could have a home field advantage. I don't think that ever happened, but it, it was kind of an interesting idea, I thought. Quarantine a fan base and then bring them right over to, to the Astrodome and give them the advantage of home field. Um, because, you know, that's a tough place to play when you've got, you know, 60,000 plus fans inside, you know, a building with a roof on it. It gets real loud in there. I've been in there for NFL games and man, 
you know, it's it's hard to hear anything going on right next to you. Uh, but they're not going to have that on their side in this game. And I, I think the Bears have a fighting chance because of that and because of their defense. Um, Mitch Trubisky, you know, he's obviously prone to mistakes. So if you can pressure him and, you know, the Saints defense was ranked number one at one time. I'm not sure they still are. I know when they came to Philadelphia and the Eagles shocked them with uh, a 24-21 win, um, their defense was ranked number one. But the Eagles really exposed it. Uh, from a running game standpoint, uh, you know, they had two runners go over 100 yards with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Um, I don't know if uh, the Bears have that kind of offensive firepower. They're going to have to win it on defense. I don't see it happening. I think the Saints keep on marching. They keep on marching, and uh, they'll play next weekend. They'll, they'll probably win this game maybe by a touchdown or so. But the Bears' defense does give them a shot, and no fan certainly helps the Bears as well. Well, the final guard, uh, final game of the wild card uh, round is the Browns and the Steelers. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Certainly, uh, the Browns are dealing with uh, some COVID issues. Uh, uh, their coach is not able to to be on the sidelines. You know, I still think that with today's modern technology, there's a way for him to be able to coach uh, remotely. But apparently, that's not the way it's going to happen. So the Browns are dealing with issues, and they certainly have a a rich uh, history uh, with the Steelers and, you know, a lot of a not so pleasant history as we remember <laughs> with Miles Garrett and, and uh, 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 the, the big brawl that happened a year or so ago, the racist brawl, if you will, <laughs> that happened between yeah. the Browns and the, and, the, and the Steelers. So certainly no love loss between these two teams. Uh, the Browns haven't been in the playoffs uh, since, well, Adam was 17 years old when the last time they were in the playoffs. So and the Steelers again. I mean, they they started out with a, a great year and then they they kind of took a slump and pulled themselves out of it. In a lot of ways, they could probably thank the Colts for being in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, what are your what are your or certainly for they could thank the Colts for uh, winning the AFC North. Uh, so the Browns and the Steelers. What are your thoughts? Yeah. What, I... What did Adam Jivden say? I'm, I'm sure he was kind of bummed out that the coach isn't going to uh, be coaching Kevin Stefanski, and they're missing yeah. their, you know, their their That's guard crazy. Joel Batonio. Uh, they don't have Olivier Vernon. They're, you know, he was a player, the defensive player of the week in the AFC against the Eagles. I mean, he had three sacks in that game. Uh, I mean, those are those are three really big losses <laughs> to not have on your side of the ball. So I can't imagine Adam was too optimistic that Cleveland could win this no, game. He's not optimistic. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. – <laughs> I'm not optimistic either, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, Pittsburgh's got a lot of experience. They've got, you know, the history of all those Super Bowl wins on their side. They, you know, they have a, a really good defense that I don't think was at full strength last week when they played. It's kind of a shame they have to play again. I saw this – situation several years ago when the Eagles and Cowboys played the regular season finale and the results of that game dictated that the Eagles had to go back to Dallas for the opening round of the playoffs. The Eagles lost both games, the regular season finale and that playoff game. Uh, It's not easy to play uh, or to beat a team in back-to-back weeks like that. The Cowboys did it then and I think the Browns will be hard-pressed to do it this time. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, it's a good experience for him to get in the playoffs. We'll see how he responds to his first playoff game. It's not going to be easy um, because, I, I, you know, I don't think 
Cameron Hayward or T.J. Watt played last week, and they still sacked him four or five times. I think now with Watt and Hayward back, uh, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a good thing for Baker Mayfield uh, or this Browns team. Uh, but, you know, if, if they can run the ball effectively like they have all season with Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, they could shorten the clock and make things interesting and take it down to the wire, the familiarity these two teams have. I, I don't think one will get blown out. I don't think Cleveland will get blown out. I think they'll play. Uh, I think they'll play hard. They'll play tough. But I just think Pittsburgh finds a way to win, probably by a touchdown or so. But I feel bad for Cleveland. You know, they wait 18 years to get in the playoffs, and now they don't have their coach, and they don't have their, you know, with their best one of their best linemen. Still a good line with Jack Conklin and uh, Wyatt Teller and some of those other guys up front. But uh, you know, again, that, that Steelers defense is awfully good. And, Ben Roethlisberger has a lot of experience in these games and Baker Mayfield doesn't. So, and I think it all adds up to a Pittsburgh win. Well, we'll certainly see what happens and what, what the weekend uh, uh, flushes out uh, for us as we get ready uh, for uh, the uh, wild card weekend. Ed Cratch, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Ed, what are your final words of wisdom and thoughts, sir? Yeah, I, well, you know, you have an extra team in the playoffs, right? Well, two extra ones, one in each uh, conference, uh, and I like that. You know, I think it's exciting to have three games in one day uh, over the weekend, you know, three Saturday, three Sunday. I think that's that's really exciting to have that rather than just two and two. So uh, I like this. You know, next year we're going to see 17-game season, um, which is going to be interesting uh, in its own right. You know, that extra week, fans love football. I think it's – it's great for fans. I'm not so sure it's great for the players and, uh, you know, playing that extra week. Um, but it's exciting for fans, and this is a great weekend. This is one of my favorite weekends in the NFL is, is wild card weekend. And now we've been uh, – we, we're added we, – we get the added bonus of having an extra game on each day. So that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Well, the funny thing about that extra game is if they did have that extra game, a very real possibility the Colts wouldn't even be in the uh, the playoffs. And, you know, yeah. you, you, think, uh, you, you think about the record that the Colts have. You know, there was a time where you may have had a 9-5 and five season and pretty much be able to punch your, your ticket into the playoffs. So, I mean, because we do have that extra uh, uh, game, they allowed a, a spot for the, the Colts to, to get in. Uh, Ed Kratz, where can people find your working masterpieces, sir? You can follow, follow me on Twitter, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E. I put all my links up there, so you can just uh, give me a follow and read all about it. All right, buddy. Have yourself a good football weekend. Don't finish all the moonshine in one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Thanks, Tom. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Uh, helps us uh, round off the show today. Thanks, Rick Regan, Adam Jividen, Matt Hicks, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Most of all, thank you uh, for, for being there, listening to us, uh, and download us wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on uh, Twitter at T-Balance. My name's Tom Marklis. El Presidente, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.